Welcome to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson and Barton Simmons. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Martin Simmons. That's Tom Fernelli. I'm Chip Patterson, and we missed you, loyal listeners of the Cover 3 Podcast. A uh, lot to get to this episode because we are finally uh, filling the sidelines for Barton A&M, Fornelli Tech, and CPU. That's right. This is the coaching staff draft. We will get to the specifics of that here in just a little bit. Uh, maybe just a little bit of news too to, to play catch up. Gentlemen, uh, how are we doing as we gather together on this Monday afternoon, July 20th? Uh, I'm, I'm doing good. I actually had a really, I had a really productive week off. I, uh, I went the whole time managing to not have any children. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't. I'm I'm the only member. I am the only member of this podcast to not have a child in the last week and a half. Congratulations, fellas. Thanks. I appreciate that. I, I, I am officially, this is the most disconnected from Twitter and the internet and just basically humanity that I have been since probably my honeymoon, however many years ago that was, six or seven or five or six or whatever, how long I've been married, that this is this has been the most off the, off the grid I've been over the last week. So it's good to, to reemerge with the Cover 3 conference here. Um. I, I I have not. I do not do. Uh, I mean, so Barton has, has three children. He just had his third, and uh, I am a new father. So you're selling. You're telling me that you've got other. Like, do you do you take on any like late night feedings? Because I found myself just scrolling nonsense Twitter. Like I'm not actually looking for any news. I'm definitely digging more into the jokes. I actually watched some of this MLS's back tournament. Tom's got me on, dude. Barton, Tom has me all in on soccer. That's what's <laughs> happened during my, uh, my first week is we've just been, uh, my, my new week old son and I have been watching a lot of soccer and golf. That's what we've been it doing. Is, it is the beautiful game. I do. I need to know. I've noticed, um, cause like may, maybe last night or something, maybe it was two nights ago. I can't remember. It was like the first time I actually turned on the TV and noticed there was some live sporting events on. And so there was some, I guess, I guess we call them preseason baseball games yeah. that were mm-hmm. on. And there was also some soccer games, which seemed to be some sort of postseason events. And I really, I wanted to watch the soccer because the baseball was just not meaningful. Like, like, I guess they're not even like major leaguers. They're just like, I don't know what, I don't know how. To whoa, 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 whoa. It was a Cubs White <laughs> Sox game on, all right? The <laughs> most important game in the country. But it's a, pre, it's a preseason game, right? Yeah, it was, so it was regular not even really, so, so it's like, it's like a, it's like playing their, uh, like they're having like like cut down the roster, right? Or no? no or it, well, I mean, it's not your typical spring like rosters because you know in spring it's just you know in a regular spring training you're just playing like between fifty people. This is actually like the game. I, I only watched the Cubs White Sox on Sunday night, but for the most part, for the first half of the game, it was the regulars that were playing because the season starts you know on on Thursday and Friday. So these are just like warm up scrimmages. So it's mostly the regulars. But yeah, at the end of the game, it's a lot of the. Uh, Dudes who will be in the so-called taxi squads in case guys are coming up positive and have, they need replacements in a hurry. 
So I was tempted to I was tempted to watch baseball because I just got done reading the Cubs way and uh, as a non baseball fanatic there was a lot of stuff in there that like was was interesting strategic that I wanted to kind of observe now but I was really more drawn to the soccer but I didn't know who to cheer for like I need a team and so uh, I don't know if there's a if there's a league or a team or a uh, something I need to kind of start putting on my my to do list then fire away because. I'm open to sports at this point. I will, I will say this. Okay. With the utmost respect for the MLS, if if you are trying to get into soccer, do not start with MLS. Because okay. that would be like trying to become a college football fan by strictly watching the Mac. But I'm also not going to watch some like pirated like, you know, internet feed of in at 3 no, in the morning. But you don't have to. Okay. So so there's like, going to be some, there's some accessible High quality soccer somewhere, but the that's really a common fan like me. But it's during yeah, the, the daytime. It's a it is a scheduling thing. So it's like you start out where you've got English Premier League in your morning window. Then we move to Italian uh, with Serie A in like the afternoon window. And then you've got a little bit. And also, you can get La Liga if you want. You might need some internet streams for that. Yeah, you're gonna need internet streams for La Liga for the most part. But then you take it if it's anything prime time has. Uh, as, so, you know, when when I'm wondering whether or not this formula is going to take or, or whether what the bottle has been warmed up enough, like I'm, I am watching some subpar soccer in the background. Again, all due respect to the MLS, uh, but it's, you know, there have been some matches that have been pretty fun. Yeah, the MLS is fine. It's just you have to already like soccer if you're going to really watch MLS and get into it. I don't think I don't think that's a very good entryway. But like, yeah, the Premier League is on like NBC and NBC Sports Network. Syria, all the matches are on ESPN plus a couple of them are on one of you know a couple of ESPN networks uh Germany's league which is finished is on Fox and Fox Sports and the Champions League and oh, the Europa League on CBS are coming to CBS all access my friends so Sick. that's yeah and that starts in early August that actually Barton that should be your entry point the Champions League on CBS in early August that would be a great place for you to jump in yeah, the Champions League is basically like a annual World Cup where the best teams from all the you know the leagues in Europe go into one big old tournament. So it's and at this point it's like the round of 16 which is like the you know the knockout stage. It's literally just the best teams in the world. So if you're looking just to get your toe wet, it's a good place to start because you know you're watching good teams and good players. Well, at this point I've fi- like I I'm I'm for anyone that hasn't had kids yet just a little uh just a little insight. What happens is, yes, the miracle of life arrives and everyone is uh, happy and euphoric. And then you leave the hospital and there's about a week of breastfeeding, just j- just n- like the worst possible nights of tears and like counseling sessions and calling the lactation specialist and and then you get in a rhythm and then okay you're back so we, there's you know throw in two more kids on top of that and uh you know I'm, I'm i'm just now starting to sniff the surface of this thing well for what it's worth i've been getting a good seven to eight hours of sleep a night <laughs> <laughs> um 
Goodness gracious. All right. So in uh, in the time that we've been off, we have started to see some of the announcements come out, at least in terms of uh, some of the conferences and what they're planning to do or some of the reported plans in terms of how they are handling football in the fall. Big 10 going to conference games only. Barton, you and I, uh, we had a live instant find the news out in the middle of the podcast reaction to that. Since then, the Pac-12 has also added its name to uh, the list of conferences that are going to conference games only. There have been some other uh, developments at the FCS level. Uh, You know, the Colonial Athletic Association is eyeing a move to the spring, but yet not all of its members are. I know that locally here in North Carolina, the Elon Phoenix, caca, rising from the ashes, has decided that... uh, Can you do a caca again for me? No, that was just... That's that's a one-time only. They they are going to try to put together some some kind of a football season in the fall you know they're getting on the phone and uh the same thing i think is starting to happen uh, with a lot of these schools that are seeing their conference schedules change the sec the acc have both uh said we're gonna come up with an announcement later i know the acc specifically circled late july the big 12 additionally in a wait and see mode i no need for us to just regurgitate the the big picture uh, every single time we get together. But since there has been some official developments with the news of the conference only schedule, just you know, what's uh, what's our feeling and what's our read right now on your expectations for college football in the fall or in the twenty twenty one academic year? Every day, I get a little more pessimistic about it happening at all. Mm-hmm. Just not enough is changing. And not enough things are starting to improve anywhere. It's just every day that passes without good signs or good news, it just takes a little bit more out of your 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 hope that it's going to happen, at least in any semblance of a recognized okay. way. Okay, so that that's where I am. I am actually more confident that they are going to that there is going to be something. Uh, there's going to be some college football this fall based on some of these developments because what I see is um, what I see is these some of these leagues being at least proactive in recognizing that pulling off the exact same schedule the way it is scheduled is probably not going to be possible and so when you are at least allowing yourself to uh, rethink what the college football season looks like, then I think that you can, um, I think you need to move the goalposts. I think that if fans change their expectations from, I would like the college football season to look like it's always looked to, I just would like to see the players who want to play and the coaches who want to coach and the schools that want to be involved. I would like to see them have a chance to participate in it. It might look like just a bunch of exhibition games on a week-in, week-out basis. But if they're playing, we will watch, we will break it down, and it will be at least the opportunity to experience college football, even if it is unrecognizable based on the expectations of like the the system as it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I... I, I... <laughs> I don't know, man. I, yes, I mean I agree with all that. Um, I hope there's football. Like, seems like maybe there'll be like something, whether it is just sort of what what's. I 
I I hope that if there's I just hope that if there's you know what I'd like I'd like obviously I want there to be football in this in, in the fall. I'm hopeful that some of these programs that are canceling also play in the spring. That's a win. That's a that's a win for everybody. Get some get a football season, even if it's conference only or whatever the hell it's supposed to look like. I saw like what Alabama scheduling BYU now or something, and uh, you know there's some. This is kind of fun. Like it's kind of fun to see everyone try to dig up some some last minute games. Like I saw it, it's to see. Uh, I don't know UMass or some independent team is like trying to get games with everybody, um, and and so kind of could be kind of cool to see a little more mobile scheduling. And oh, the we thought Alabama LSU was going to be this weekend, but actually it was pushing back to next weekend. And I, I don't know. There, there, there's just a very unique uh, element to this season. I just hope I hope we get through it, and then I hope we t- look up in uh, early February. And the Patriot League and Ivy League and CAA have all started their seasons, and we get a, a an additional. Uh, and then, hey, maybe even Group of Five. Throw that in there in the spring. I'll take that as long as we get Power Five in the fall. I I'll tell you one part of this conversation that at the moment, and this just is may perhaps uh, influenced by my bias on where I'm sitting. I the the part of the discussion that says. But what about the playoff? I really don't care. Like it, it, yeah, it that's that's maybe me moving my goalposts uh, to a different position. Like if if these schools, like it, David Teal reported that one of you know this is not what the ACC is focusing on, but he reported that one of the models that the ACC is considering would involve sp- adding Notre Dame to the fold, so you get 15 teams dividing the league into three five-team pods, and then you play each of the four opponents twice. So it's a home-and-home. You limit the exposure across the conference, and you know if they're geographically based, you can include busing and take some of the travel cost, probably you know as much as exposure, anything else, to be able to take the travel cost out of it. Like if... If those ACC teams are only playing four teams, but they play them twice, and it's this weird little round robin event, that's fine. Throw it on TV. Yeah. Like, give us betting lines. We'll put locks on it, and it will be the college football experience. When people are like, "But how do we decide the playoff?" I, I don't care, man. We got bigger fish to fry right now. We're trying to pull the season off. Man, Chip Chip watches some MLS a couple nights a week, and now he wants to turn everything into like a group play pod. <laughs> I'm with it though. Like this is like I said, because like what we're gonna, whatever we're gonna get is gonna be so foreign to what we're used to that yes. let's throw it all out the window. Let's yeah. just say screw it. Like this year is just all bets are off. Just just have some fun with it. Just let's get out on the field and hey, maybe mess with the rule system a little bit. You know, like just just who cares? Like this is just a, a throwaway year in a lot of ways. So let's just get them on the field and and if the scheduling is weird, if we get some sort of kooky year where Alabama plays Auburn twice. Uh, hell, that but, sounds pretty cool. Sounds awesome. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. look, look at what baseball is doing where they're playing the 60 game schedule, but you're only playing teams within like your regional footprint. Uh, both leagues now have a DH and in extra innings, they're going to start with runners at second base. It's like, okay, everything's kind of messed up as it is. Let's just try some new things and see if any of it sticks. Exactly. So I think college football could take a very similar approach if it wanted to. In fact, like you were mentioning Barton, 
how BYU and Alabama and like these teams are like scrambling to pick up games. What if the one biggest takeaway from a 2020 college football season at the end of this is, oh my God, we don't have to schedule games a decade in advance. Right. Mm-hmm. We could yeah. do it. We could be a little more flexible and say, hey, you want to play next year? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, that's that's where my head's at. I I I I say let's throw it all out the window. Let's change our expectations and I hope that if if it can be done safely, then let's let's let the players who want to play and the coaches who want to coach and the schools that want to participate let's let's have a kooky year man let's have a weird one let's give it give it all to me and uh we'll definitely be breaking it down here on the cover three podcast if if there are any changes to the season though at least in terms of the schedule i'm not gonna you know let any let anything out right now but don't you worry listeners we got plans (laughs) we've got we just like conferences uh have contingency plans uh, all right, so they all involve soccer. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> they may. I mean, they, we're gonna be, we're gonna go from the cover three to the the four three three podcast. <laughs> I mean, considering that the Champions League and Europa are now CBS properties, there's mm-hmm. I see crossover event opportunities. But <laughs> we'll uh, we'll we'll see how Roger Gonzalez and Igor and the good people uh, who cover soccer and lead that charge there feel about that. All right, so for drafting the coaching staffs, Barton, I'm going to let you lead the charge on the setup here because okay. I, I like the I like some of the qualifiers that you introduced and uh, some of the lines in the sand that we draw before we get started. I want to make sure everyone knows the rules. Okay, rules are so it, we're filling out our coaching staff. So we are the head coaches, um, probably also the athletic directors at our it's like the uh, 1970s, right? Where the head football coach just <laughs> right. was the AD. Yeah, like the like in high school or something, where the, the head football coach just runs the athletic program. So, uh, but we have ten assistant coaching spots that we can fill. We can fill them any way we want. We can have a D tackles coach, a DNs coach, an outside linebackers coach, an inside linebackers coach. We can have a cornerbacks and a safety. We can have a secondary. Whatever it is, however you need to fill things out, you can do it. Uh, the however. You cannot have a head coach, like like a coach, cannot drop below his current tier to be on your staff. Head coach can't be on your staff. A coordinator can only be on your staff if he's on your staff as a coordinator. Um, a couple qualifiers are if he is a um, if he is a coordinator of a system that is clearly the system of the head coach, uh, then he can be a position coach for you because. You know, he's not calling the plays, basically. Um, uh, passing game coordinator doesn't count. Run game coordinator doesn't count. Those are still, you can hire them as your position coaches. So things of that nature. Uh, hey, you can even, I'll even, if you guys got an FCS coordinator you're really high on, you've been scouting out, you can hire him as your position coach if you want to. <laughs> as long as it's an upgrade, all right? I'll even, I'll even consider... If you got a group of five coach that's a coordinator, you know, at uh, in the Sun Belt, you want to hire him as your linebackers coach. I will, you know, we can we can put that to the committee. Mm. I, mean, I have a feeling Barton has an FCS coach on his board. I don't. Well, I actually don't. I I had uh, Keith Heckendorf, Arkansas State's offensive coordinator, thought on my big board potentially as a quarterbacks coach, but because he's an offensive coordinator. Then, I think that's fair game. I think you can. I think you can. Okay. If you want to circle back and kind of make some last minute adjustments to your board, I think that's fair game. Okay. Of course, Heckendorf was on there because of his work with uh, Tom Fernelli's favorite quarterback, Mitch God, Mitch Trubisky. So mm-hmm. you know, 
I always got my eye on him. Uh, I mean, who who wouldn't? You know, if you're a a group of five coordinator and you get the call from CPU to come <laughs> be the quarterback's coach, I mean, give me a break. You're gonna you're gonna jump at that. Coming up on the other side, we begin and we dig in on the coaching staff draft for the Cover Three Conference next. There's nothing on earth quite like this. Oh, what a goal! The UEFA Champions League is back at its new home on CBS All Access. Stream every match of the world's most prestigious tournament live. That's incredible! The UEFA Champions League group stage kicks off Tuesday on CBS All Access. There's nothing like it. Majors down and one to go in 2020. Bryson DeChambeau overpowered his peers at the U.S. Open. Can he carry that into November for a fall edition of the Masters? We're chatting about that and more on the First Cut Golf Podcast, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. We're in your feed week in and week out with tournament previews, picks, interviews, news, and analysis. Join Mark Immelman, Kyle Porter, Greg Ducharme, and myself, Rick Gaiman, as we give you daily fantasy plays, winning bets, and the hottest takes about Bryson, Phil, and Tiger. So what are you waiting for? Come join our group and let's talk golf. Download and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, or anywhere else podcasts are found. We spent all that time talking about uh, all the different sports that are coming back. We mentioned baseball, but it's important to also remember that with the return of baseball means the return of fantasy baseball, and that means that it is all systems go, uh, all hands on deck for CBS Sports' Fantasy Baseball today. Opening day is this Thursday as Garrett Cole and the Yankees face off against the defending world champion Washington Nationals. And all week long, Scott White, Chris Towers, Adam Azer, and Frank Stample are getting you ready for this 60-game sprint as well as everything that you need to know for your week one matchups. You can find Fantasy Baseball today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to enjoy listening to podcasts it is must have for your baseball experience whether you're a diehard whether you're playing fantasy or whether you just want to get into this uh, for this wild 2020 season get fantasy baseball today wherever you get your podcasts all right the first pick barton a&m you kick us off round one all right so barton a&m is flush with money um (laughs) We got oil money. We got green energy money. We've got uh, Silicon Valley money. Um, we are paying the big bucks. And so to kick things off, we are going to go ahead and hire away from Clemson. Mm. I think he's the highest paid coordinator in college football or co- assistant coach in college football. Uh, Brent Venables, uh, he is the guy that. Uh, I think makes things tick over there on the coaching staff as much as anyone not named Dabo. So uh, let's get him over here. I got a lot of talent for him. um, And I think he's probably the best coordinator, best coach, not head coach in football. Number one on my big board. And now he goes to Barton A&M. You know, when we were talking before the show about mixing the order up and I was like, no, nah, I'm cool with this. Can we can we mix the order up? <laughs> Too late. <laughs> hey, I didn't ask for number one here. 
<laughs> you guys just you guys keep on handing it to me. I feel like I, you well, know, you I traded know. out of it the first time. That was bananas. That's true. <laughs> I would have been more than happy to trade out of it this time, but if you're gonna give me number one, I'm gonna take number one. Okay, Tom. <sighs> All right. Well, my DC is gone, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to a position coach, a very important position coach, because I feel like this is somebody who is not only good at actually coaching the position but is also proven during his multiple stops at different schools that he is an excellent recruiter. So he brings in the talent and he helps mold the talent. That's what I'm looking for. I'm taking as my defensive line coach, Larry Johnson. Oh man. I was, you know what? I thought about taking him number one. I, I figured you guys would just go with another coordinator, but mm, all right. Well done. The uh, number two on my big board is gone. Okay. We are at the turn, end of round one. Probably, did you say? Did you say Ohio State defensive line coach? I no, sorry, be Ohio State. But I mean, Ohio State, Penn State. Yeah. You know, we should probably make sure everyone knows we we're talking about all these because I guess not everyone is not everyone is so in the weeds as we are. But uh, that's definitely he's got to be the 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 most highly respected non coordinator in college football um, among them for sure. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in the terms of addressing my needs and the way that I was going to prioritize it, you know, defensive coordinator was definitely near the top. But, you know, with the with Brent Venables gone and you know, defensive line coach was near the top. Larry Johnson was my DL number one. So, the way the draft is broken has really shaped the way that CPU is going to uh, look on the field because now I I think that we just can't help ourselves. The sweet sweet siren call of USC is there. And I'm coming running to it with Graham Harrell uh, as my offensive coordinator as the first, as the third pick of the draft. And then the first pick of the second round, I will give him something that USC would love to have, which is elite offensive line play, Bill Biedenbaugh. So the Graham Harrell, Bill Biedenbaugh combo sets up a high flying CPU offense for the future. Good crooner too. Yeah. Beaten paw. Yeah, that's um that's pretty good. And been beaten and and it's also nice that you're getting beaten paw, a good offensive line coach that is in an air raid, air raid system, friendly. Yeah. You know, that's been able to still and uh, to instill good offensive line play within that, which has been been a problem at USC. Um so you know, I'm I'm with that. All right, Tom, back to you. All right, well, applying some game theory here, since Barton already has his defensive coordinator, I don't need to take my defensive coordinator just yet. So I'm going to take, hmm, I'm going to address my offensive line. Chip, you took the guy who was at number one on my OL coaching list, but I'm going to take the guy at number two. I'm taking Wisconsin offensive line coach Joe Rudolph. And Joe Rudolph is a situation like Barton mentioned earlier, if I'm correct, where he has offensive coordinator in his title along with offensive line, but because he's with Paul Christ, who is clearly uh, it's his offense, Mm -hmm. then you get to pick him up as an offensive line coach. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. So we got a Wisconsin offensive line. We've got a uh, Oklahoma offensive line. Um. Assuming you guys aren't going like interior line (laughs) and offensive tackle, I think I can wait on offensive line for a little bit. Um, Most important hires, 
your offensive coordinator, your defensive coordinator, your offensive line coach. I feel good about who I'm going to get at offensive line down the road, but I'm going to go a little bit uh, off the radar, off the reservation here for my second overall pick. I'm going with the highly recruited, big-time recruiter, tight ends coach Vince Marrow out of Kentucky. Wow. On the yeah. list. Not Give me anymore. that tight end coach. And you know what? When 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 he comes over to uh to to Barton AM to BAM U, when I welcome him in the door, I'm gonna show him his big old office and I'm gonna say, Coach, you're our tight ends coach, but as far as I'm concerned, you can spend as much time or as little time as you want with our tight ends. They're gonna be okay. You just focus on recruiting. Go get us some blue chips, and uh, I think that's going to serve us well. Excellent. All right. Vince Merrill. Oh, I got to go again, don't I? Yeah. All right. Uh, so for my next pick, um, I'm going to go with a wide receivers coach. Um I'm going to go to the Ohio State. Don't do it. it. (laughs) (laughs) And recruiting being the lifeblood of this program, I'm going to go with the guy that has been an NFL wide receiver, was 24-7 sports recruiter of the year, and has Ohio State rolling in that room. Brian Hartline, he's handling my receivers. Damn it. High, high grade on the uh, CPU coaching staff draft board. Yes. He was, I mean, I was between Heartline and Rudolph with my last pick, but I was concerned that you would, if I feel like if I hadn't taken an OL coach, you would have taken an OL coach. I am really tempted to, uh, to break out an interior and an exterior, like a guards and tackles <laughs> go double OL, but we'll see how, how the draft breaks. All right. So we've got, um, to review that puts a Brian Heartline. Oh, that's not wrong window so i like it how on the spreadsheet you've gone ahead and and identified marrow as my recruiting coordinator which is true he is he he will be my recruiting coordinator but um it was part of your pitch so i definitely that is is definitely part of the pitch all right so barton a&m has a defensive coordinator brent venables he's got vince marrow as his tight ends coach and recruiting coordinator he's got brian hartline as his ohio from ohio state wider as his wide receivers coach uh for nelly tech is just loaded up in the trenches of elite. Uh, Larry Johnson from Ohio State is his defensive line coach. Joe Rudolph from Wisconsin is his offensive line coach. Uh, CPU, just all air raid right now. Graham Harrell as, from USC as offensive coordinator. Bill Biedenbaugh uh, out of Oklahoma as the offensive line coach. Tom, back to you. All right. Uh, I got to try to, I'm trying to think here. I hope I don't outthink myself too much, but, uh, all right, I'm going to take my wide receiver coach, the guy that was second on my list, who will also be a big recruiter for me. I'm taking from Tennessee. I'm taking T. Martin. Mm. T. Martin is a uh, been at USC for a while. Put built that room up pretty nicely. Back home at Tennessee, uh, he's he's been a, he he recruited well at Kentucky too before. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a good recruiter. That's a guy that's been able to bring some good players in. Also, he will be coaching my tight ends as well. Ah, 
because you know we we don't you also not have many just, tight ends yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah exactly recall. that's my point so it allows me to make another move with a different position later on in the draft all right besides uh, i have full confidence in t's ability to coach our tight ends to not really do a whole lot so i've got one both of these coaches are um i'm trying to decide between two that uh, our defensive coordinator is going to be addressed here at the end of the third round. And I, I think that what I'm getting here is a, is a little one, two punch where I'm going to, I'm going to be taking Marcus Freeman out of Cincinnati All right. as my defensive coordinator. And then I'm going to take sneaking bias, sneaking bias as like your co-coordinator. Well, going to go straight. He, he's so he was the D coordinator in all college football that you want, huh? So Pete Kwiatkowski is going to be my linebackers coach. Ah, so you got a little co DC thing going with those guys. Yeah. Interesting. All right. I like it. All right. I like it. All right. Well, I don't have to draft my OC or DC until the very end now. Oh, no, wait, no, Bart, you don't have an OC yet. I don't have an OC yet, so you know I don't then know I who better, you're eyeing. I better draft my OC. I am taking somebody who I think will fit well with what I'm trying to do on offense. I'm taking from Iowa State, Tom Manning. Nice. All right. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, – I'm not going to draft my OC for a while, um, but – you know, it's funny when, like, when you go, when you try, I'd say OC is one of the, I don't know, maybe one of the tougher positions to identify because the best OCs typically are the head coaches right now. Yeah. Uh, that's a little bit different than the defensive side of the ball. Where there's still a lot of really good defensive coordinators out there. Um, I, let's see, Tom, you don't have your DC yet, right? No. So I can't go through the, the, the list the the laundry list of quality defensive coordinators that CPU passed over to take Marcus Freeman and Pete Kwiatkowski. Um, but that that's why that made that, you know, that's, that's an interesting hire to me. All right, my turn. So I'm going to go to the guy. I have a running backs coach. Um, I'm going to take, don't, <laughs> There's two. There's there's two. I have two candidates that are a, a tier above everybody else. Um, I think I'm going to go with Charles Huff out of Alabama. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Um, I'm not going to say who my other candidate was um, because I think he's probably who you were fearful I would take. But uh, well, I feel like I, Charles Huff. I don't know. It could be interesting because like Vince Marrow, you did not include on Barton's study guide when you sent out your Phil Steele for the draft. Like, so I'm, I, I, as I, as I was doing my own, uh, as I was building out my draft board myself, there were a few other names that I was wondering if they were notable omissions on purpose, just to make there sure. Were, there were some very strategic omissions yeah. when I sent out my draft guide. Uh, but you know, but there was, Hey, but I also put some guys on there that I am taking. So, yep. uh, you know, just kind of see, see how it goes. Um, all right, so back to me, right? Yep. <clears throat> all right, so I think in the way we're going to put this defense together, we're going to have um, 
a cornerbacks coach and a safety coach. Um, I think for my cornerback position, I'm going to go with Corey Raymond out of LSU. Um, I mean, that guy's just been – there's one other coach that I was really tempted to take, but Corey Raymond, I mean, the way they've been producing at that position, the way he can recruit, um, I feel pretty good about that hire. Okay. Corey, I mean, yeah, just nonstop uh, elite-level cornerback play, uh, without a doubt, probably one of the top defensive back coaches in the country. No, just just no nonsense hires from Barton A and M, plucking from uh, Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama, LSU, and the secret sauce being Vince Marrow from Kentucky. Keeps taking dudes right off the top of my board. It's kind of starting to piss me off. <laughs> All right, Tom, back to you. All right, fine. Uh, I'm going to draft my linebackers coach. I'm taking from Arizona State Dang. former NFL player Antonio Pierce. Yeah. I was I was ready to go uh, co linebacker coaches. <laughs> I, was, I, I think that I think there's enough provided from uh, Antonio Pierce as a personnel development guy as well to make that worth uh, the kind of move. But so that's a strong pick, Tom. So you've you got your defensive line coach, your linebackers coach, Larry Johnson, Antonio Pierce, offensive line Joe Rudolph, T Martin at wide receiver, tight ends, Tom Manning calling the shots. Looking mm-hmm. good. Okay. All right. Now back to Chip. Uh, first, we're going to go ahead and address defensive line. It's one of the positions that we wanted to make sure that we were on top of. Rodney Garner uh, out of Auburn. I mean, you know, for uh, the, that we know that that Auburn team has been uh, at its best because of uh, depth and development along the defensive line, and so that's that's just got to be the way that we're gonna we're gonna anchor things up front. And I, I feel confident that Rodney Garner is going to be uh, a good, a good piece of that. Now the next one is uh, is going to be from the running backs coach. And there was another name that Tom, I mean that Barton put on his, uh, you know, watch list on his little packet of information that is is highly regarded and absolutely deserves the absolutely deserves all of the credit that is due to him. But I wonder if the other running backs coach that is in your top tier, Barton, I wonder if he wasn't on there. I wonder if after seeing the development that we saw from Clyde Edwards, Elaire, I'm wondering if it's Tommy Robinson and we are going to be welcoming Tommy Robinson, who right now uh, is just recently moved to Texas A&M as CPU's new running backs coach. Tommy Robinson has got a he's got a pretty good resume. He's got some he's got some dudes on his resume for sure, and that guy can recruit too. Uh, so yeah, that's that, that's a good one. All right, Tom, back to you. Well, you know, gentlemen, there are three phases to football. There's offense. Oh, first special teams coach. <laughs> Here comes your special teams coordinator. And there's special teams. Special teams coordinator. I'm taking a man with a famous name. Jay Harbaugh from Michigan. Whoa. (laughs) I like it. All right. Got to be honest, wasn't on my my draft board. Well, it's because your team doesn't care about special teams, and that's why you're going to be five and seven every year. Isn't it – here's a little little, little hint from from Barton A&M. Barton A&M will be 
staff coached special teams, but head coach Barton Simmons will be spearheading our special teams efforts. Isn't Kyle Whittingham like the main special teams guy? Or there's like a couple coaches. Yeah, that's that, like, really that's an urban thing. Yeah. 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 That yeah, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take on that. You know, I did I did a lot of special teams in college. Get your hot hands on the sternum, your your punt pro lingo. I got that all figured out. So I'm gonna go with my my lead the special teams unit, have everyone take a little slice of it and and leave some some job openings for the rest of the the staff. So with that, I'm going to go to, I'm going to go ahead and get my, my, uh, I guess uh, I'm going to go to safety. Um, so I'm going to fill out my, my defensive backfield group here. And again, this is another one where there's two or three guys that I really like for this spot, but I'm going to pick Fran Brown who just got hired at Rutgers. Uh, he was previously, he was with Matt Rule at Temple, um, then went to Baylor with Rule, and then went back to Temple, I want to say, and now he just got hired at Rutgers. And big-time recruiter, really good developer, Jersey native, so we're going to be able to recruit New Jersey. We got Corey Raymond recruiting South Florida. We got Brian Hartline recruiting nationally. We got Vince Merrill recruiting the Midwest. Charles Huff can go just about anywhere. And now we got a, a, an ace recruiter up in the Northeast. So this is a very national approach we're taking uh, with Fran Brown leading the way in the secondary there. Um, I can dig that. We, yeah, no, I can dig it. Next up, um, how about we go to the uh, – I'll go ahead and get my uh, my offensive line coach. I'm going to go with my second coach from the University of Kentucky. I'm going to go with John Schlarman, offensive line coach at Kentucky. I, I think that's sort of like one of the low-key storylines in all of college football, how good Kentucky's offensive line has been. Like what they've been able to piece together with kind of limited – Options at the quarterback position, not the best outside threats at receiver. Lynn Bowden, just wildcat quarterback in his way through a season. Uh, that offensive line is consistently really, really good. So you'll see who I hire as my offense as my offensive coordinator down the road here. But if it's Eddie Grand, tough. if you're just putting together the whole Kentucky <laughs> staff, <laughs> uh, he's on my list. But I didn't hire. I'm not hiring Eddie Grand. But uh, I really like Kentucky's offensive line, so I'm going. I'm going John Schlarman. John Schlarman, uh, Kentucky offensive line coach, kicks off the seventh round of ten for Barton A and M. Uh, Fernelli Tech, you're on the clock. Uh, I'm going to draft my safeties coach. I am taking current Ole Miss co-defensive coordinator and safeties coach Chris Partridge. I like that. Good recruiter too. Yeah, he's another yep. really good recruiter. He can go into he, – he was actually on my board as my special teams coordinator too because he was co, co-coordinated co with Jay Harbaugh at Michigan before he went to Ole Miss. But he's he's a guy that can recruit in Jersey. He can recruit in Georgia. He can recruit anywhere. All right. We are going to start – let's see. I'm going to go with uh, a, real, a lot of diversity here. Because this is 
he has been a uh, you know special teams coordinator at a lot of different places, including Utah, Iowa State, Auburn, uh, Oklahoma, and uh, and now Texas. He is currently coaching the tight ends at Texas after being the running backs coach, and I just. I like uh, I like what he's going to be able to bring uh, to this coaching staff from his own experience and from uh, just just some of the the great places he he's gone and worked from out of Irving, Texas, former University of Texas offensive tackle, serving as a special teams coach and tight ends coach. We are going to add Jay Bullware to the staff. Nice. All right. So you're going you're going special teams as well. All right. All right. And I guess th- I can throw I can throw special teams onto Vince Merrill's plate, you know. <laughs> what can't Vince do, honestly? <laughs> we're, we're paying him enough, you know. All right. <laughs> and then uh in the first pick of the eighth round, I had him as my D B number one. Uh much respect to Corey Raymond, who is also right up there and worthy of this consideration. But we're gonna bring in Torian Gray from Florida. Yeah, he that was the other one I was really strongly considering at cornerback. I, I think he's a stud. All right. Because remember, Torian Gray, not only has he done some good work at Florida, but that's the that's the guy that produced all those studs at Virginia Tech, too. Yep. The Fullers. That's right. All right. All right. So let's see. I've got I've got a running back left. I've got my corners coach left, and I got my defensive coordinator. But you guys both have both your running back and corners coach, and you've got your defensive coordinator. So I guess I don't really need to worry about the order. So I will just finally take my defensive coordinator. I'm taking Jim Leonard, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. I I was between Jim Leonard and Marcus Freeman at the very beginning. It sounds like I'm going to get laughed at for choosing Freeman over Leonard, but I feel like Freeman's oh, a coach Freeman. on the. I like that. Yeah, I think Freeman's a coach on the rise. Leonard felt a yeah. little bit more like a a proven commodity, and so that was my risk reward was uh, attacking him with a vet like Pete Kwiatkowski. I like Jim Leonard though. Yeah, that's a good that's a good pick. He's we're he's gonna we're gonna cause some havoc back there, boys. He's one of the highest highest guys on my board for sure. Uh, oh, we're back to are we back to me. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, let me just get some figure out what I got here. So I got uh, so I got pretty much my whole offense here, exception of maybe quarterback. Um, I got my cornerbacks and my safeties. I need to get a linebackers coach, um, and I need to get a D line coach. Uh, so I will go. For my D-line coach, Rodney Gardner was the sec- my, my number two seed for this list. But the reason I didn't go hard at him is because I, I figured I'd, I'd, this guy would fall to me, and I'm just fine with that. I'm going to go out of pit Charlie Partridge, former FAU head coach, putting together one of the best defensive lines in college football at Pittsburgh under Pat Narduzzi. Um, Fantastic. Charlie Partridge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that unit is sick. Uh, we've referenced him a couple times here on the podcast. I think that uh, Jalen Twyman's one of my favorite players uh, on the defensive line in all of college football. And uh, and Pitt's nasty up front, man. They were last year, and they should be again. I think that's a great pick. Uh, and so my 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 next pick is going to be linebackers coach. I'm gonna go with Chris Marv out of Florida State, uh, <clears throat> young coach, 
just a just a little bit over thirty, I think. Um, and I think he is a he is a rising star in the profession. He will be a coordinator soon, so I'm gonna get him for a couple years before he's my coordinator. Brent Venables, you know, he'll he'll take a head job on me here in a couple years. Maybe Chris can move into the the uh, the coordinator role for too long, but I think Florida State's got a really good one there. All right. So as we that kick starts the ninth round, as you now have, uh, let's see, you have pretty much everything addressed, Barton. What are you still waiting on? Offensive coordinator. Offensive coordinator. All right, uh, Fernelli, back to you. Uh, I will take my running backs coach. I'm taking from Ohio State, Tony Alford. Solid pick. We're gonna we're gonna total up uh, all these staffs, but a big big shocker that uh, like Ohio State is showing up a lot. <laughs> I, I will yeah. say, like when I was going through this, uh, like one, it was it was sort of nice that um, uh, Kerry Coombs was uh, DC promoted to DC because if you just got him as a cornerbacks coach, you almost have to take him, right? Um, you know, like he what he's done at the cornerback position there, uh, but across the board. Like Ohio State's, they got a pretty good candidate at just about every position. Mm-hmm. All right, so the with my ninth pick, uh, I've yet to address the wide receivers coach, and I'm going to bring in uh, someone who is not only going to be able to serve uh, as a wide receivers coach, but whose current role as pass game coordinator has, uh, you know, we, we've got high hopes for him because he, he came up uh, under another pass game coordinator, he participated. He was not a on-field assistant, but he was on the staff for Joe Burrow's meteoric rise. And so just in the same way that Dave Aranda tapped George Munoz to come join him at Baylor, CPU is going to beef up our passing attack already with you know Graham Harrell there also serving as our quarterback's coach, Bill Beanbaugh. You know, we got Jay Bulware in there. And so uh, Jim... Excuse me, not Jim Leonard. George Munoz from Baylor will be our wide receivers coach. Wow, that's an interesting call. All right, I like it. And then, yeah, we're all air raid, baby. This is just yeah. yeah we got to be able to build this out. And you know, I I did go a little bit heavy drafting tight ends in the skill position draft. But when I look at Thaddeus Moss's production in LSU's offense, I feel like they're not going to be uh, left out whatsoever. And then my final, uh, kicking off the 10th round, uh, we're going to double up in the secondary with a pick that is just Homer AF, uh, just sipping all the Tony Grimes Kool-Aid from the 757 in the University of North Carolina. We are going to go double defensive backs, Coach, all about trying to stop the pass. We'll bring in Dre Bly to work with Torian Gray. Nice. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's gonna that's a that'll help your recruiting. You know, you mm-hmm. gotta you gotta factor in recruiting. All right. So uh Fernelli, back to you. Tenth tenth All round. Right. I'm gonna finish up with my cornerback coach. Uh last pick, but not because of his ability, more than just because of the way the draft went elsewhere. I'm taking from Clemson, Mike Reed. Yeah. Yeah. Clemson's another one of those where it's like when you're going through they, yeah, you just go to their yeah, like I mean, directory and it's like oh wow this is okay <laughs> yeah yeah and, and i mean you can't and, and it had uh had jeff scott not left for usf and he'd be at the top of the board at you know receiver coach and um you know mike reed's probably 
only there for so long. Tony Elliott, you know, being a candidate, a coordinator, offensive coordinator, like all of that is just, they got a lot of options. Is Tony um, Elliott where you're going to go? It's not where I'm going to go. Okay. So look, as everybody is going air raid, this and that, I mean, you look at my, my, uh, this is a tough guy group. Okay. We are going to be physical. We are going to be versatile. I'm going to go Andy Ludwig out of Utah. Oh, and by the way, I'm not really worried. Now, I guess Andy Ludwig, like, I think he threw his name in there for like the Nevada job or something. But this is a guy, he's almost like a Dave Aranda for offense. He's just a, he's just a, like a, a film whiz, you know, just gets in the lab and just draws things up. And he rarely has a talent advantage. That will not be the case at BAMU. We will provide him with the talent. And what he's done at Wisconsin, what he did at Vanderbilt, what he did at Utah, I love the way he attacks defenses because he does it with physicality. He does it with some some versatility, uh, diversity. I'm going to Andy Ludwig as my OC. Andy Ludwig as zero C rounds it out for uh... – Bam you. You've got so yeah, Charlie Partridge, Chris Marr. All right, let's let's run it down from the top. Uh, in the order that they were drafted. Barton AM went defensive coordinator first, Brent Venables. Uh, then on to Vince Marrow from Kentucky, tight ends coach. Brian Hartline, Ohio State's wide receivers coach, comes to join the fold, as does Charles Huff, Alabama's running backs coach in the fourth round. Corey Raymond, the LSU's cornerbacks coach in the fifth. Fran Brown, Rutgers safeties coach, going double defensive backs. John Schlarman, who's just produced NFL draft pick almost year in, year out at Kentucky as the offensive line coach, then addressing the defensive line with Charlie Partridge from Pitt. Chris Marv, linebackers coach out of Florida State. Uh, A lot of high hopes for him in the future. And then finally, Andy Ludwig, offensive coordinator out of Utah. That is... Uh, Clemson, Kentucky, Ohio State, Alabama, LSU, Rutgers, Kentucky, Pitt, FSU, and Utah all represented. That is uh, that is Barton A&M. Uh, all right, for Nelly Tech, started with Larry Johnson. I mean, just Big Ten right off the top. That is on brand. Larry Johnson, yep. Ohio State defensive line coach. Uh, Joe Rudolph, Wisconsin offensive line coach. Then we went to the offense. T. Martin coming in to be the wide receivers and tight ends coach from Tennessee. Tom Manning as the offensive coordinator from Iowa State. A great value pick in Antonio Pierce, Arizona State's linebackers coach. I had a high grade for him. Jay Harbaugh coming in to be the special teams coach out of Michigan. Chris Partridge, uh, elite recruiter, coming here as the secondary, as the safeties coach out of Ole Miss. Then Jim Leonard, uh, a first-round value late in the game in the eighth round as the defensive coordinator. Tony Alford out of Ohio State as a running backs coach. And Mike Reed out of Clemson as the cornerbacks coach. CPU, we started out just letting it be known. We're going to air raid, baby. Graham Harrell, offensive coordinator. He will also be handling our quarterback's coach duties. Bill Biedenbaugh, Oklahoma, offensive line coach. Marcus Freeman at defensive coordinator out of Cincinnati. And Pete Kwiatkowski, coaching the linebackers out of Washington with Rodney Gardner out of Auburn as the defensive line coach. Tommy Robinson will be uh, handling the running backs. He is going to be coming from Texas A&M. Jay Bulware, who recently made the move from Oklahoma to Texas, he will be handling special teams and tight ends. Torian Gray has the back end covered. Uh, 
as the eighth round pick out of Florida. George Munoz is going to be coaching the wide receivers out of Baylor. And Gray will be joined by the 10th round pick, Dre Bly, out of North Carolina. We have some excellent stats. You got some excellent stats? I said, I'll, no, I said the three of us have some excellent staffs. Oh, staffs. There's a few. Here's a few that, that, that I wanted that I didn't, couldn't find room for. Uh, Al Washington, the linebackers coach at Ohio State, I think is a stud. Mm-hmm. Del McGee was the other running backs coach. Yep. He's the Georgia mm-hmm. running backs coach. I'm surprised nobody took him. It was between uh, him and Alfred for me. Yeah. Um, quarter. So if had had someone, had one of you guys taken Vince Marrow or Morrow, I can't remember how to say his name, then – I would have had Andy Ludwood be my tight ends coach along with offensive coordinator, and I would have taken a quarterback's coach in North Dakota State's Randy Hedberg. Ah, that's hard to, heady. Hard to argue with what he's done, you know, uh, with uh, Carson Wentz and Easton Stick and now Trey Lance. Um, Cortez Hankton, Georgia receivers coach, really good. Uh, Dwayne Ledford, I thought about rolling with that offensive line. Uh, he's at Louisville now. He used to be at NC State. Um Dante Williams at cornerbacks coach is a stud recruiter. He's he's really good. Uh, I thought Marcus Woodson and David Gibbs, Woodson at Florida State, Gibbs at Missouri are really good candidates uh, for for the safety coach or, or secondary coach. Um, and then an offensive coordinator, I, I had Steve Ensminger pretty high on my board. Mm. Uh, you know, I mean, everyone gave all the credit to Joe Brady, but I mean, Steve Ensminger showed a lot of uh, willingness to adapt and evolve last year and. I think LSU will be just fine with him. And then all the the coordinators that Chip passed on to go group of five. Not hating on it. It's a good pick. I like Marcus Freeman too, but you got, uh, you got Kevin Steele, Ty Grantham, Mike Elko, Clark Lee, Dan Lanning, Andy Avalos, Don Brown, Brent Pry. Of, of, of those, of only, only Andy Avalos and Brent Pry were uh, on my list. I am – I am as a matter of personal taste, and maybe it was uh, bad blood from previous uh, coaching conventions. Uh, I did, I did steer clear of Kevin Steele and Todd Grantham. That's that's fair. That's Todd fair. Grantham hates nerds. I don't think he's a good culture fit. <laughs> that, is, that is a really yes. That, that is that is smart. You know, you got to get the right guy for the right place. And Todd Grantham and CPU ain't, ain't a match. No, not a match at all. I the but highest the interview process didn't go well. No, no, no. The highest uh, avail the highest on my draft board left uh, two names: uh, Chris Rumpf to, out of Tennessee. He's a linebackers coach right now, and Odell Haggins. Yeah, but he would- he would technically be off the board because he just took a job at, with the Texans this offseason. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, Odell, no Odell Haggins, defensive line coach out of Florida State. Um, yeah. I also had David Gibbs, Del McGee. Tyler Bowen uh, didn't end up getting taken, though I think he's a really good tight ends coach. Jeff Banks State, yeah. out of Alabama, special teams coordinator. And it's interesting you talk about the – because no one drafted exclusively a quarterback's coach, and I ended up having them – my quarterback's coach, because I tried to put, you know, three for every single position. So I had Brian Johnson out of Florida uh, as my QB coach one, if I'm just going solo QB coach. I had Brandon Streeter out of Clemson as my QB coach two. And then I was wondering if this would fall under, Barton, your rule about the head coach and coordinator situation. I had Chad Morris on there as a QB coach three. Mm, I... 
if you are to believe the what Gus Malzahn says, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's all about yeah. It's all, it, look if 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 Chad Morris is available as a quarterbacks coach, then that is a that is an indictment on the uh, on our belief in the messaging out of Auburn right now because supposedly he's the coordinator. It's his show. Uh, also, I put him on there though I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't end up taking it because there's just no part of me that thinks that it was a better option than a proven coach like Jay Bulware. But Scott Cochran was sitting there as a special teams coach option. I thought about throwing <laughs> him on my board as well. Just as just the pure curiosity of it. Yeah, I thought it would it would make for a really uh, like good joke that we would all laugh about. And then when this gets turned into a graphic and shared on Twitter, I would be like, I, I okay, the joke's over. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would have been worth it. All right. Scott Cochran. So if, if, if a spot opens up, Oh yeah. And then the other one, uh, Nathan Shieldhouse, Iowa state wide receivers coach. <laughs> That's yeah, for no, Tom. He was on my list too. Yeah. Yeah. He's, Iowa state's done an excellent job for them recruiting and coaching. Yeah, he's an uh, is he an Illinois guy? Yeah, yeah former Illinois yeah, quarterback. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, no wonder. That no one is on your board. That one was for Tom, but uh, yeah. but didn't end up taking him. I'm I'm happy with uh, George Munoz as a as our wide receivers coach. Uh, any any other final thoughts? I I think I think that uh, obviously we are as you mentioned, Barton, well funded. A lot of high dollar uh, coaches on here, so it's good to know that even in these uncertain and trying times, the donations are still rolling in. Thank God, Fernelli Tech is a leading innovator of technology and is getting tons of money from all of our patents. <laughs> we got a lot of really good relationship with like Saudi Saudi oil money. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not good news for you right now, actually, because <laughs> the price of oil is not doing great. That's true. That stuff never going to dry up, though. We're good. We've, We're getting uh, to the point where, oh, never mind. We'll talk about this off <laughs> Yeah, CPU's coffers are uh, are built by shadow packs and lobbyists that have just been bleeding <laughs> money from the uh, the economy and uh, stuffing it into shell companies for, for decades. So it's, it's, it's been very profitable, for sure. Uh, all right. Make sure, if you want to jump in on the conversation, if you've got any takeaways from these uh, coaching staff drafts, one of the ways that you can do it is you can jump in on the mailbag. We will be opening up the big old bag of mail later this week. You go to the Cover 3 podcast page, leave us a five-star review, and leave us your question for the mailbag in the review. We'll add it to the bag of mail and uh, could end up getting addressed and answered later this week on Thursday's show. You can follow him on Twitter at Barton Simmons. You can follow him at Tom Fernelli. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you.
Stream every match of the world's most prestigious tournament live. That's incredible! The UEFA Champions League group stage kicks off Tuesday on CBS All Access. There's nothing like it.